everyone, and thanks for joining me today at itchyourseason.live, where we're just going to work on eating more veg. So this is a spinoff of the original itchyourseason.live, and we're going to just talk about how to eat more veg, more grains, more or anything that looks like a plant. So you don't have to be vegan. You don't have to be vegetarian for this podcast. We just want you to enjoy eating more veg. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of It's Your Season.life, the Eating Well series, where we are focusing on a plant-based lifestyle. And so today, what I want to do is walk through some common myths that people have about a plant-based eating pattern, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. Um, But there are some things out there that maybe need some answers. I might not have the perfect answer, but I'll give you what I can can share with you and also what I have done some research on and then a little bit of my own experience. So I'm just going to lead off with the biggest uh, myth that we have or biggest concern that my husband and I face. People ask us this all the time or have concerns about it and that one, uh, we cannot get enough protein just from plants. And so I guess part of it has to do with how much protein you're trying to get in. But in reality, all plants do have protein of various quantities. So pretty much like for a salad, greens, and and most vegetables, they're going to have anywhere from like 0.6 to 2 grams of protein per serving. So that may not sound like a whole lot, but every little bit adds up. And always remember to look at what a serving is. Is it what size fruit or what size vegetable it is? Is it a half a cup or a cup? So, for example, beans have somewhere for half a cup, somewhere in between, you know, 9 grams and 13 grams of protein. What we've discovered this last year is seitan, and seitan is just a powerhouse of protein. It has 20 to 22 grams per ounce, so just a huge amount of protein. So when we're trying to emulate, and me meaning the bosons, are trying to emulate the protein that is in red meat, um, seitan is really pretty the closest that you can get. In addition, you have soy, beans, they have huge amounts, 18 to 20 grams per serving. You have whole grains, you have quinoa that has 7 to 9 grams of protein, and then you have tofu and you have tempeh. And actually tempeh is a pretty heavy hitter as well for protein. It's not one of my personal favorites, but like I tell everyone, you have 30,000 taste buds in your mouth and tempeh might be what you just absolutely love. So if you love it, go for it. So the next myth is plant-based means vegan. And that's not really true. Um, As I say, there's variations on the theme of a plant-based or plant-forward, plant-slant, plant-only lifestyle. There is vegan and almost vegan, vegetarian, all all brands of plant-based. But the idea behind plant-based is what I call plants first. It's the first thing you look to put on your plate. And within this realm of eating more plants, 
is anything from full-on vegan, no dairy, no meat, <clears throat> nothing with a mother, all the way to, I consider a Mediterranean diet plant-based because if you look at the Mediterranean pyramid, you're eating very little meat and dairy and cheese compared to what else should be on your plate. And always remember, Mediterranean does not mean Italian restaurant style. It is uh, Mediterranean with grains and nuts and seeds and yummy herbs and uh, lentils and pulses and all kinds of things to build a wonderful dish. So plant-based doesn't necessarily mean vegan, but vegan is plant-based, um, but it's not for the reverse. So just some things to think about, especially for 2023. I think some of us maybe this time of year thinking about, okay, we've had our fun over the holidays. Maybe we've got health reasons, maybe looking at the environment. What are ways that reasons and why you want to eat more plants? So the next myth is there's not enough nutrients in a plant-based diet. And that's not true. There are certainly a lot of things that you might get from meat that you don't get from plants, but certainly there are alternative ways to get your nutrition in. And you can have full nutrition with a plant-based diet because you have all of these wonderful phytonutrients that you don't get from a um, from meat. You will get more of your nutrients and just think about what we do here in the United States. We take all many of us take a multivitamin because we're not sure we're getting all of our all of our nutrients in. It's probably because we're not eating a good balanced blend of nuts, grains, fruits, seeds, herbs, lentils, legumes, and pulses and so forth. You can absolutely get your nutrients in. There's a lot of research out on that. What is important, though, and what they're finding is that we all have different microbiomes. So, and the microbiome and what we eat, you know, what we eat actually kind of creates that microbiome in each of us. And there are some differences. And so we have that to consider as well as far as nutrients and absorption so some of this is, as you're trying to get your nutrients in on a plant-based diet, is trying as many different, have your variety there, how many different fruits and vegetables and grains and legumes and so forth into that eating pattern so that you do get enough nutrients, including your B12. I get a lot of questions about B12 as well. And really B12 is a form of bacteria that's on roots and vegetables and tubers that we pull from the ground in the old days and the ancient of days. We drank water from natural resources that had B12. And then any meat that has happened to be consumed. So there were a lot of different ways to get B12 because it's produced by bacteria, actually not animals or plants. Absolutely easy to get in, not a problem at all. So I'd like to add to that as well, that if you're eating the, the rainbow of colors, you're getting all these wonderful anthocyanins and you're getting your um, all of your colored vegetables, brightly colored orange, red, yellow, your carotenes, and then your blues and your purples and, and so forth. So, you know, make sure to ensure that you're getting enough nutrients that you're eating the rainbow. So I don't know how many people are eating the rainbow in a non-plant-based diet, but it is so fun and so beautiful to create one 
when you move toward more plants and less meat. So the next myth is that plant-based eating is expensive. And it can be expensive if you (laughs) overbuy, just like anything else, because once you move into plant-based eating, you'll discover all kinds of wonderful fruits and vegetables and grains and legumes that you're just want to try. For me, at least, uh, it can be expensive because I want to try a lot of things before I use up something else. But in general, a bag of uh, beans, a pound of beans is less expensive than a pound of red meat. It certainly lasts longer and has a longer shelf life. It's more versatile. It doesn't spoil and you can cook and freeze it and use it in different applications. So the same way it is with grains um, and all these wonderful new uh, ancient grains that are coming back on the market. Some of the newer plant-based alternatives, meat substitutes, I like to call them faux meat. I do have a website called Faux Meat where I'm sharing some reviews on that. They're getting much less expensive, and there's no waste. So I think that's what I'm beginning to enjoy about some of these better quality faux meats. And I'm not talking just about the chicken tenders that are out there. But there's no, especially if you're using like seitan or textured vegetable protein or any of the frozen products that are out there now that are simulating pork and chicken, they are so good and you don't have, there's no waste, and you don't have entrails and blood and so and bones and things in your kitchen, so it's actually a lot cleaner way to cook, and it's less expensive because there is no waste at all, so, you know, I, I think that's a myth. It might be at the beginning because you're shifting, and you're going through your discovery phase of what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy, or if you are using more of the ready-made products on the shelf now. Uh, For example, I love Sprouts and and Target as well. If you go down their grains and beans aisle, they have so many wonderful already prepared grains and nuts and seeds and beans and legumes in all cuisines that you can take home and try. And I really recommend that to people because if you don't eat a lot of different cuisines, rather than try to make something, I suggest you go to a store, go down the grains and beans aisle, and choose one of the ready-mades that are just literally ready to go. You stick them in the microwave for four minutes, and you can start trying some things out. So the next myth is that plant-based means it's a restrictive diet. And I find this fascinating because when I went to the doctor and and I'm looking on my online portal and what kind of diet they have me on, they classify it as restrictive. And it's really not. Um, You are actually expanding what you are bringing to your table. You're not just eating red meat and maybe a salad on the side or a chicken breast and some noodles on the side. It is a very expansive diet. So I personally get a little annoyed when they call it restrictive. And within that restrictive bounds does not mean um, plant-based is not gluten-free. They are not one and the same. If you choose to be gluten-free and plant-based, that's fine. That's your choice. But in most general terms, plant-based does not mean it's restrictive for gluten. 
it's actually a lot of fun. That's why I love doing these podcasts because in my wildest dreams, I never thought it the creativity would just open up so much more for cooking and for enjoying food as going plants base, plant first, plant slant, whatever you want to call what you're doing. So the next myth is that, let me see my last one. Here we go. Is do I, oh, we're going to talk about this. This is a really important. I forgot about this one. All right. The next one is I'm just going to be eating a lot of bowl food, food out of bowls. Well, the reality is, yeah, you're, you may be eating more bowls. You might be eating more soups. You might be stews. You might be doing um, plant-based pho. You might be doing plant-based noodle bowls. You might be doing plant-based Korean bowls. You, your cuisines are going to open up dramatically. <clears throat> and your bowls might be deep bowls for soup. We use a lot of flat bowls for even our salads now. Um, and bowls are trendy. So yeah, just out of being part of the cuisines in the last three or four years, the last research I did, bowls are kind of trendy. And about 30% of the restaurants now are coming into bringing a bowl onto their menu, whether it's a flat bowl or a deep bowl or a small bowl with some uh, uh, little uh, small bites in them. Bowls are getting popular. So I think Culturally, you're going to be eating more bowls, but it's always possible. You may decide that eating a, a bowl and, and creating a bowl is much more um, nutritious and interesting than, for example, uh, many people go, well, how do you, um, you know, how do you plate? You know, how does a vegan plate or a plant-based person plate? Do they just put like a scoop of corn, a scoop of potatoes, and a scoop of green beans? Well, technically that is plant-based, yeah, but it's not very interesting and there's no layers of flavor. And when you move into bowls or plating with layers, the meal gets so much more interesting. So yeah, you might be eating more bowls, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's always possible. Uh, one of my f- focuses is creating uh, continental cuisines and other cuisines that are more plate-oriented and can be plated with different layers of flavors and drizzles and so forth. But you don't want to eat like that every single day. Most of us need good home cooking. And you think about the cuisines around the world, world that are built on bowls and it's pretty amazing just take a trip around the world and think on which the different continents and what people probably eat in a bowl so last uh, myth is to be plant-based do I have to be 100% and do I have to full-on 100% commit and I'm going to say and this is my opinion and the studies are out actually that the people who the study participants who can eat mostly plants, more on the Mediterranean type of eating pattern, do much better and are successful because they do not feel like it's a restrictive diet. You're doing a little less of this and a little more of that, but you're not total elimination. Now, there are plant-based eating patterns and suggestions that are very restrictive, You've got no fat, no salt, no sugar. I call that the no fat, no salt, no sugar, no fun. You know, people are 
have some research with that on what their outcomes are for cardiovascular disease and cancer. And then there's the um, folks that may just eliminate the fat. Um, There's others that whole foods, total whole foods, you've got the raw plant-based people. I think what's important, and most of the research I was listening to Dr. Gil Carvalho, his YouTube is Nutrition Made Simple. He was interviewing a scientist and a researcher. You know, and it always goes back to the eating pattern that's going to be successful is the one that you're going to do and create for yourself. And certainly when I was a life coach and uh, career coaching is the whole concept of coaching is the client creates their own solution because the one they create is the one they're going to do. And I think that's completely true for getting started on a plant-based lifestyle. You don't have to be 100% committed to not eating animals or think, you know, things that have a mother unless you want to be part of the full on the vegan group. Cool, you know, to be successful and to eat more plants. I think just kind of be committed to eating more plants and working on your brain to focus on choosing plants first and meat second. And that is a hard thing for many Americans to do because we're eating the standard American diet and we also, wherever we go to a restaurant, it's based on, is it lamb, is it pork, is it fish? Um, Is it chicken, poultry, pheasant? There's always the meat and as the highlight and then kind of secondary things on the side. So we have a lot of untraining to do to start thinking about plants first And certainly, you know, if you eat more plants and say, hey, during the holidays, I'm going to flex off and eat well and but maybe not be 100 percent. That's and it works for you. I think that's totally cool. There is there are a lot of ways to get plants first into your lifestyle. Today, I just wanted to walk through some myths that might help you just think a little bit differently about eating plants first. There's a whole lot more questions, including, oh, I can't eat this and I can't eat that, or I don't tolerate beans, or how the how-tos, and I cover that in some of my other podcasts. As well as in January, I have four Learn It Live classes coming up where we're going to be walking through different focus areas of eating plants first, including one I'm really excited about, 10 out of this world unusual fruits and vegetables to try, um, because you're going to be creating your own lifestyle. It's always up to you. For example, I'm not, you will never get me eating collard greens and okra. And I grew up in the South. That's not ever going to be on my plants first plate. Uh, but it might be for you. That I think that's totally cool. There's absolutely no way that with our 30,000 taste buds and how we are brought up socially that we're all it's going to be perfect and we're all going to be exactly the same. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. You got some tips, some ideas, just some things to think through on 
you know, how can, what's, what is a myth? And maybe that myth isn't 100% correct. I'm going to add some links in this podcast uh, to Dr. Carvalho and some, and the protein and some other research that's out there for you to look at if you want to explore it further. I'm not a dietitian. I am a certified chef and I just want people to be able to eat more plants at home and enjoy them in as many different ways as they can. So thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a new tip for eating more veg. Give me a shout-out with comments or suggestions for future podcasts. And be sure and check out my website. Follow my cooking demos on YouTube under either Lisa Boson, B-O-E-S-E-N, or itsyourseason.life. And if you need a recipe, visit me on Amazon and other online book retailers. And remember, it's always your season to eat more veg. So let's get cooking.